Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, plenty planned for your Monday afternoon. Can join us if you like. Numbers to get in at 466-3776-466-3776 or 800-825-5865. Give us a find on Twitter. The Hale Varsity Radio handle is H Varsity Radio. Give that a follow. Also follow Hale Varsity at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt, that's me at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, on the docket today in about 20 minutes, we'll talk rush ends with one of the best at Nebraska, uh, Jay Moore with us. Jay Bird in the top 10 when it comes to sacks and hurries. Get his take on O'Shawn Mathis, the season outlook and uh, camp. Uh, what it's like to be drudging through camp right now. Uh, we'll hear from Coach Chenander. We'll also hear from O'Shawn Mathis. He meant uh, the media today. So some comments from both of them. And uh, in hour two, it's another Monday with Charlie. Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride will join us, get his thoughts on the Big Red defense. Some thoughts on the scrimmage. Uh, what we are hearing happen Saturday, we'll relay some of that. And uh, the top 25 is out, as well as the top seven for uh, standout Malachi Coleman. Some reaction to that. can always email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. And uh, we're, we're, t- we're recording this, is that right? Lay out what we're doing here technically for, uh, for the old guy in the room. Yeah, so... We have heard your feedback. We know people out there love to get the uh, the video version of Hale Varsity Radio. Um, but as you've seen in recent weeks, whenever uh, people are watching the live stream, whenever Schmitty and I are in different locations, whenever we're on the same Wi-Fi, sometimes that live stream has some issues. So what we're doing, <laughs> what we're doing is we're going to save That's the a not so sh- subtle shot at 38th and Cornhusker. <laughs> What we're doing, <laughs> we're feeding more hamsters to run in the back. Is no, we're gonna say <laughs> that's a good one. I like that. I like that. <laughs> we've, we've named them McGuire and Sosa. We keep just, <laughs> we just keep getting them bigger, stronger, and faster. Keep the electricity going. Yeah, we, we got them running twenty four hours a day. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh, we. <laughs> are going to save some of those live stream shows for uh, some of the bigger shows, uh, some of the Hale Varsity Club shows and whatnot, mm-hmm. our pregame shows. And uh, we're going to try to get more and more of these just normal Monday through Friday shows uh, recorded and posted up on YouTube. So if you do prefer listening to the show uh, and watching and, and watching our beautiful faces, we're going to give you the ability to do that. And it'll be posted up a little bit later tonight on YouTube. So that, that's our plan for today. That's funny. 
<laughs> Elijah being Mr. Diplomat with the, the technology side. I love it. Uh, so you, you know how to get in touch with us, and uh, we'll dive into to Plutty. First and foremost, uh, I am, I'm a bit sad today. And a guy that has been a dear friend and a friend of many passed away this morning. So I want to I want to start off with a tribute, a salute, and a tip of the cap to I always call him Action Jackson, but uh, Jack Pierce, longtime assistant for Nebraska, incredible recruiter, a guy that was uh, instrumental, uh, just really big on the Coach Osborne staff, uh, late seventies to early nineties. Uh, Jack passed away this morning. Jack's special to me just not only for all the times he'd come on and, and do the show and was just a wealth of knowledge and just funny, uh, just a great storyteller, a wonderful person. Jack was was close with my dad, and him and my dad had, had some good times uh, when it comes to Nebraska football. Jack, I remember this. I was, I don't know, knee high, and it's spring game, and my dad got us onto the field. And I'm like, Dad, you don't work here. How did you pull this off? And here comes Jack Pierce wandering up. Hey, Steve. And it was cool. Uh, you're, you're yay high, and you're getting to meet Broderick Thomas. And that's one of the, the dudes Jack Pierce recruited. Uh, you get to meet Neil Smith. Yeah. So Jack was a phenomenal family man, husband, father, and uh and Trev, Trev Alberts tweeted out today, rest easy, Coach. And uh, we are all thinking that for you, Coach Pierce. We love you. And uh, we're thinking that for, for Jack's family. So uh, when you hit your knees tonight, uh, think of Coach Pierce and his family for sure. And, Jack, we love you. We thank you for everything. So we'll uh, spend some time as we transition to uh, to Saturday, scrimmage, right? It is uh, camp season, Elijah. Uh, our feedback pretty much the same with what what we heard. You and I did not go MacGyver and, and spy. Uh, we <laughs> we may have tried. <laughs> we, we didn't pull a, a, a Coach Switzer uh, where you, you plant somebody in the men's bathroom in North Stadium or, or West Stadium back in the day. We didn't do that, but it sounds like defense had a pretty good day. Mm-hmm. Uh, reports I'm hearing said uh, Garrett Nelson had a very good day. The, the defensive line looked like they picked up right where they left off last season. And the, and the offensive line, still a work in progress from what I'm hearing, where um, there may be some development within the run game. Um, that still needs to be done, but that looks better. The the pass protection needs to be a little bit better. But overall, uh, it sounds like, as you said, the defense won the day. Uh, the secondary looked good. The linebackers looked experienced. And the defensive line looked like they picked up right where they left off, which are all encouraging things. And I don't think it's entirely unexpected. Uh, the fact defense that is going to be in front of the offense at this point of the camp a lot of times. A lot of times, and that's not even counting in the fact that Nebraska is installing a new offense right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, a new look offense combined with the fact that you got some continuity coming over from defense. Um, a lot of, I mean, what looking at a little over half the starters on defense are guys that have at least experience mm-hmm. playing within the defense. So uh, a lot more experience on that side of the ball in terms of guys who know what they're going to be doing and guys who really outplayed the offense last season already. So, uh, I mean, this is what you hear in NFL training camp at this time of year, too, where you go, well, uh, the, these, these, these teams scrimmage and it was the defenses who won the day. That's just what happens. Defense is usually allowed to play uh, are, are able to play quicker and faster earlier in fall camp. So I don't think anyone here is surprised. If it went the other way, where the offense is lighting up the defense, 
there'd be massive panic. Well, yeah, there'd be more warning bells in my head than, than the expected, <laughs> the other, oh, the defense won. Okay. Yeah, the other way around. But uh, O'Shawn and uh, Garrett did well. You had uh, Teddy Prohaska uh, was, is getting back into the flow against game speed, against those werewolves he'll face off the edge. Uh, you had uh, Turner Corcoran also held out. So the offensive line uh, is still trying to figure out who their five are, right? Uh, and then on top of that, you have a projected starter, right, with, with Turner that was not part of it. Uh, there was a good report, though, that that uh, Bryce Benhart had a good day. And mm-hmm. I think that's encouraging where he's got all the talent in the world and it's, it's a mentality with him. And if he had a good day off the edge – that's that's uplifting if you're a Nebraska fan. The quarterbacks and running backs did well. Uh, Anthony Grant continues to wow. Trey Palmer, Colton Feast said this in, in post-practice today that Palmer had a good day, uh, which is to be expected. But, no, I mean, they're coming together. And, and then you have uh, Blaze Gunnarsson. He's a name to, to continue to look out for. It's one thing to have O'Shawn. It's another thing to have uh, – Garrett Nelson and then Tanner. I mean, that, that three-headed monster you, you, you feel good about if you're Nebraska. But then you have guys that have been in the program that are making some strides. At least it sounds like had a good scrimmage, and that's Blaze Gunnarsson. You saw limited action from him against Wisconsin. But when he was in, I thought he performed pretty well. You've got uh, Butler as well off the edge. So Nebraska has five bodies to work with. Not quite sure the gap after... Nelson, Tanner, Mathis to Gunnarsson and Butler. But there's five guys that it feels like that Nebraska is comfortable with. And uh, yet a lot of former players there that got a chance to to watch practice and see things. And it was a, a pretty uh, lively atmosphere. They'll, they'll do another scrimmage Sunday, I think. And I'll, I'll say one more thing about some of these reports we're hearing out. And if you're a Husker fan at home and you've seen stuff on Twitter, or you're listening to this show and you're hearing it, the warning bells shouldn't be going off on the offensive line just yet, simply for the fact uh, that Riola still has a lot of work left to be done with them, and that work is not going to be done by the time Northwestern uh, rolls around. There is still going to be more work to be done this season. Ongoing. And, and he, he's got time. That work is ongoing. But it's almost encouraging to me that I hear the running game does look like it's improved from last season. And, and while that may be more uh, because of the running backs and the offensive line, sounds like they were focusing on getting north and south, the running backs were. If the offensive line has a running game. The offense as a whole has a running game they can lean on. That's going to help you in pass protection. Mm-hmm. Whenever the defensive line is looking at a, uh, a third and five and they know, well, I'm not sure if they're going to run the ball, if they're going to throw the ball here. You, you can't pin your ears back and, and get after the quarterback. That's what makes the, the, the offensive line's job difficult in pass protection and start getting into some of those uh, brush stunts uh, where they're doing different twists and whatnot where the, the rushing lanes don't matter as much and you're focused on getting after the quarterback. Uh, that puts you behind the eight balls in offensive line whenever the defensive line has all these options of how they can get after the quarterback. If they know their first responsibility on a play is to stop the run and then they get after the quarterback, that might be the extra second and a half that you need uh, to be able to get the ball off. So if the offensive line is doing better, in generating run lanes and opening up the rushing attack for Nebraska's offense, it makes the concerns about the the pass protection go away slightly. So keep that in mind. Well, if you're balanced and you've got to respect the run and the pass on an offense with uh, an experienced quarterback, uh, a running back that can 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 break one, and then an offensive line that is going to be physical and fire off the ball, 
uh, those are all pretty decent things. Uh, you, you still have plenty of time before camp. You'll get into install and game plan next week. You still have this week. You still have a second scrimmage. And then you flip the script and you get ready for Northwestern with what uh, with what bullets you have. And, and that second scrimmage is a time when you're starting into game prep where you'd think that that too deep is going to start coming to fruition a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And there are still some spots. There are spots, I think, where I'm getting closer to being able to put people down in pin as opposed to in pencil. Mm-hmm. Um, but next week is that, that time whenever you're going to start getting a lot of these names move from pencil to pin in a depth chart and I'm not saying we're going to get the depth chart released to us but people who are in and around the program will know and that'll start filtering its way down to people like you and me Chris let's hear from coach uh, Chenander uh, his take on Saturday how'd the scrimmage go a lot of good and a lot of stuff to clean up I'm pretty happy with how the ones operated uh, pretty happy with how they tackled I think the twos and threes we had to tighten that up a little bit we got to uh, you know, have a little bit more separation on who's going to be those next guys up. Uh, we rotate, we rotate a lot of guys uh, in with the one, so it wasn't just a pure one mix. It was kind of a one A, one B mix, and I think a lot of those guys showed great competition. I think there's a few guys that you know kind of separated themselves, but there's still a lot of competition at just about every position. So, is there any separation with the secondary? How's that clarity coming? Uh, I don't think so. Like I said, I think I think there's a couple guys that, that maybe kind of pulled themselves away and, and solidified their spot, and there's still a lot of competition. You know, at every position we had, you know, at least three corners rotating with the ones, three safeties, three nickels, three inside backers, and I think a couple guys at every position kind of cleared their way, but there's still a lot of fight. There's still a lot of camp left. So, Coach Denander, we're going to get back to the secondary. You want to hear his thoughts, though, uh, cut four here on the interior line because you got Ty and then who's who's lining up next to Ty and there's plenty of candidates. Colton Feast is a, is a guy that came in here as a kind of a walk-on guy that not many people outside the program knew about and he's just worked and worked and worked and he's put himself in a position to play a ton of snaps this year whether he gets to be a starter or whether he's the first guy in the rotation. He's done an unbelievable job with technique. Uh, he's a powerful guy. You know, he knows what's going on. He has good anticipation of the game. Um, and he can really run for a big guy. He's playing on some, some special teams for us as well. In the background, you heard Colton Feast ripping the door off of one of the, uh, the, mer- the, the many corridors in Memorial Stadium and going Hulk. I'm, I'm kidding. But there's always construction in the background going on with that new facility. Uh, more from Coach Chenander here on Feast and Win. Uh, who's going to kind of rise up and take that starting spot next to, to Ty Robinson? Yeah, those guys are, are both competing. Um, you know, I think Nash has got a little better grasp of maybe the system. He can play a little faster. Stefan's uh, still picking it up a little bit. Both those guys play with good technique. Both those guys are uh, intelligent football players. That's going to be kind of a good battle to watch here as the next couple weeks of camp unfold and we get into another scrimmage uh, just to kind of see once they're, you know, kind of equals with knowledge and, and grasp of what's going on who's going to jump out and take that spot finally we'll hear from coach Janander on, on Nash Hutmacher his ascension his jump uh, with uh, where he was you've seen limited snaps from the polar bear to what kind of jump he's made this fall and and he's right in the mix to uh, to not only get some playing time but to, to win that spot it sounds like feast has been really good it sounds like Win 
is is uber talented but but new clearly to to the defense then there's the polar bear how's he continued to, to grind away yeah i think nash you know you know, you guys see the videos. He's always had a lot of strength, a lot of power. Nash's uh, lateral movement, his uh, his quickness, his change of direction has drastically increased over the last, probably since the season stopped till now. So that's what, I, you know, I'm really pleased with what he's done. You know, just his ability to, to move around a little bit better. Before it was just, you know, if you were in one gap or in a two-gap mode, he was good. If he's getting on the move and doing those types of things, probably wasn't the right defense for him. Now he's able to operate in all the calls. That is Coach Janander. We will check in with Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore. He's next on Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR. Allstate, two-year starter, and rush in for the big run, and NFL vet. Is Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's bring on Blackshirt Husker, NFL or the pride of Elkhorn, Jay Moore with his co-host, Big Red Wrap-Up. Jay Bird, you, you feeling that itch? A couple of weeks till game day. Camp is uh, going through. And, well, do you miss camp, dude? <laughs> uh, I do not miss camp. Training camp was, uh, it, it, was uh, it was part of the process. It was, it was, uh, just the cra- it was the crappy part of football that you had to get through. But, uh, no, I do not miss that. I mean, training camp is brutal. It's a grind. You know, I think, you know, I'm I'm making myself sound pretty old now, but uh, these kids these kids don't have it quite quite like it used to be. You know, the two days and and all that stuff. But now I will say their camp is a lot longer. You know, our camp was about two weeks. You know, they're going on into week three. You know, because there's everything so spread out and split up. But uh, you know, it's camp is brutal. You know, getting there at six thirty. You're getting you're probably showing up to the stadium when it's dark, damn near and and you're leaving when it's dark, and then you, you get up, you feel, feel like you're, uh, you close your eyes for about five minutes, and your alarm's going off, you get to do it all over again. But it's, uh, it's one of those necessary evils that you go through to, to, to get into the season. But, yeah, it's, it's coming up close. It's, it's, uh, it's just around the corner. How different was Solich's camp from Callahan's camp? I'm not asking better or worse. I'm just saying, were there any differences? Yeah, well, it, it actually was, it got quite different because of the NCAA started switching how training camp was held when I my first year uh with with Solich it was it was two days every day I think you know uh Monday Tuesday you know you go you go full pads in the morning half pads in the afternoon and you know you're walking out of there at 9 30 at night 
you know, you're getting there. Practice started at 8, 8 a.m. So you're getting there at 6.30, 6, 6.30 in the morning to get a bite to eat and, and get taped up. So you did that for a couple weeks. And then, you know, you usually have a scrimmage on Saturdays and you get Sunday off. But that's kind of how it went for, for two weeks. And uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a grind. I know I wasn't ready for it getting there as a freshman. But then my, the very next year when um, actually uh, my second year was Solich and oh, I've been at 03, they switched to where uh, your first five days were uh, you, you were not allowed to have two days. You were only allowed, allowed to have single practices. And then, and then if you had, um, if you had a two a day, you could not have you could not have back to back two days essentially. So if you had a two a day, the next day it was it was a one a day practice. So then that's kind of how I finished my training camp. So what usually would happen? You have a two a day, the next day you'd come in and you would you'd probably you'd have a light workout like a lift and then uh, meetings and and but but the kicker was that that one practice it was usually about a three hour practice. <laughs> so the Callahan would stretch that would stretch that bad boy out and uh, get get all his money's worth uh, through there. It was you know to be honest when I when I left Nebraska and I went to the NFL, I thought our NFL training camp was substantially easier than uh, than dealing with with Callahan's. If we could have two days every day in the NFL, but they just weren't they just weren't as long. They weren't as you know in the NFL season is is a is a definitely uh, much more of a grind. Obviously the sixteen games, the four preseason games, but I remember my first training camp, the 49ers, like, oh, my gosh. I felt fresh as a rose, you know, as coming out of after practices. I'm like, this is this is nothing compared to what, what Bill put us through. So I felt pretty good. And, unfortunately, I got hurt too much with 49ers. But, uh, no, it's, it's, it's crazy how the different training camps and, and uh, you know, the mentalities of coaches and, and, and just how they go about it. I mean, it's different everywhere. So, But, uh, yeah, it was, it was quite the transition going from Solis to Callahan and, and then to the NFL. Jay Moore's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Jay, how much of fall camp was just about getting yourself in shape for the football season? There's, I mean, all the workouts you can do in summer conditioning. It feels like there's a different shape you need to be in, like a football shape to be ready for the season. How much of, of fall camp is that? And how much of fall camp is actually, you know, getting ready for week one, if you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, back in the day, you know, you know, you're going back into the 60s and 70s and probably in the 80s, you know, guys didn't work out very much in the offseason. That's why training camp was so long. I mean, that's why have, a lot of times back in the day you'd have three days just to get you got the guys in shape. You know, and obviously as workouts got better and guys worked out in the offseason, they didn't need to, the need for practicing and, and getting them in shape wasn't there as much. But, yeah, it is. I mean, you can – I always said you can work out as hard and, uh, and as, make it as difficult as you want, but – you still can't get into football shape until you put the pads on, you get the helmet on, and you go 11 on 11 because nothing gets you in shape for football like football. So, yeah, that's important. You know, it's getting the reps in, getting, getting your body used to the physicality, you know, getting your, the techniques down, knocking the rust off, getting your pad level right, getting your hand right, get your eyes right. I think that was the biggest thing to get your in football shape was, was getting your eyes right. I think – Playing with good eye discipline is, is half the battle, and I think that's you know getting all those you want to call them twenty some practices in training camp. I think that's that was one of the most important things for me and a lot of guys is just getting your eyes trained and, and then getting your body prepared for the rigors of you know twelve to fourteen or sixteen game seasons. Jay Morris with us, Hale City Radio. Jay, a thought on Oshawn Mathis? It sounds like Nebraska will have uh, 
great options and rotation possibilities with Nelson, with Tanner, and with Oshan. Let me ask you this, and and Chin didn't really talk about moving him around much, but Oshan's a, an athlete, and really, really all, all three of those guys are. Would it be advantageous? Could you see situations where maybe you're moving the guys around uh, on a matchup or a weakness uh, with the opposing offensive line? Is that something you think could happen? Well, I, I which would hope it does. You know, if he's if he is everything he's you know stacked up to be and, and talked about, you, you're definitely going to move him around. You know, there's all sorts of situations you can you can do with with great you know edge rushers. You know, I look at guys like. You know, and I'm not, you know, I'm. Don't get me wrong. I'm not comparing him to a guy like like a Vaughn Miller, but the, the flexibility and what you're able to do with a guy like him. I mean, half the time they can put over center as well and just completely mess with offenses. But if if everything's stacked up to how to what he is supposed to do, and you know, and how you know how how much effort was put into getting him here. You know, you're able to dictate quite a bit, and you know he might get you know some more attention. But I think a guy who's going to love having Oshan there is a guy like Garrett Nelson, because if he's getting all the all the attention, you're getting the protection slid to him. You know, that's going to mean Garrett Nelson is going to be able to be lined up on tight ends or running backs because they're going to shift everyone over, you know, and, and give all the attention to Oshan. And so hopefully, the other edge guys and guys who are playing opposite side of, of Oshan Mathis will be able to capitalize and. And, uh, and, and really create more havoc and, and create more, you know, get more, uh, you know, sacks on the quarterback and hits on the quarterback and tackles for losses and, and so on and so forth. So that's kind of the beauty of it is, uh, you know, you're able to move Oshawn around, but the guys on the plane on the other side are, are, are going to benefit, just like Jared Crick benefited so much, so well when playing with Sue, you know, because all the attention would go to Sue and Jared's like, sweet, I got, I got one-on-one matchups all day. I'll, I'll just, I'll just, you know, Take this quarterback set off for, <laughs> for you know, for the whole game, and and because uh, he was that he was that good, and and so was Sue, and so rightfully so. So that was that's kind of the beauty of it, is uh, is how other guys can benefit from when you have a really good guy who can produce and, and make plays. Gonna gonna ask you a football weed a football weeds question. So let's uh, let's talk to me a minute here about. The five technique, the six technique, and a nine technique, because those are mm-hmm. those are some shades that it sounds like Oshan could be lining up in. So five is you know five technique would be um, just outside shade of a, of a tackle. So it usually happens when uh, there's not a tight end on, on the outside. You know, usually if if you have a defensive end playing on a five shade, on a five technique. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the tight end there, you're usually in an under front or, or a three-four front type type defense, and I don't think they're going to put that Oshan in that in that uh, situation. So then a, a six technique. Now some people call these differently, but to me a six technique is you're lined up head up on a tight end. All right, so that that could be within a, an over front, an under front, in a, in a three-four, whatever. Usually. Guys in a, in a six technique, you know, you you could have them dropping in coverage on that tight end in a man-to-man situation, or you know, you, you're lined up there, and usually you have C gap responsibilities in the run game. Uh, nine technique, now you're just lined up on the outside of of the tight end, and that's probably where I would see Oshan, uh, you know, predominantly lining up in the, within that defense, uh, with whether it's in a in a three-four, a four-three, 
um, being on the outside shade of a tight end, setting the edge, having D-gap responsibilities, being able to rush the passer from there, being able to drop into coverage uh, to help in maybe a, a quarter situation, you know, dropping in that flat to help the, the outside, that boundary corner to get underneath to make maybe the pass go a little higher over his head. So those are kind of the three, you know, the five, the six, and the nine. And that's kind of where I lived as a defensive end as well as is playing those, those techniques. So I, uh, I know them very well. Yeah, well, what was your favorite technique to pass rush from? I mean, yeah, you got to be proficient at all of them, I'm sure, but which one was your, your, your preferred oh, method of choice? Yeah, but definitely the nine technique. You know, some people call them a wide nine or a, a, the nine technique. It's because you're able to get a little wide, you're able to get kind of cocked in and, and pointed in and um, really make that offensive tackle skitter your speed because what, when you're in that nine technique, that offensive lineman is, is really trying to kick out to you, but he's vulnerable, right, because – you can come with speed, you can come with power, and if he sets too wide, then all of a sudden, boom, he opens up that inside gap, uh, which is, you know, that's an offensive tackle. You, you know, that's, that's one area they always predicate that you cannot get beat is inside. So it's, it's, it puts him in a really tough bind, you know, especially if he's not getting any help from the guard inside or, or whatever. So definitely the nine technique is, is the moneymaker. That's where, that's where you want to be. That's where you want to start from, whether you're in a two-point and a three-point. You know, that's, that's the spot you want to be, especially when it's third and long. And, you know, they're, they're in obvious passing situations. That's, that's the best spot, in my opinion, is that nine technique. Jay Moore with us, Hale Varsity Radio. We'll uh, spend a few more minutes with Jay. Hang on the line, Bird, and uh, get his thoughts on the upcoming season with Nebraska, his outlook on Ireland, and uh, much more. We'll hear from O'Shawn Mathis here next hour. Get his take on how camp has been going. And we're about 20 minutes away from uh, Mr. Blackshirt himself, Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie. He'll join us. We still have thoughts on Saturday's scrimmage. Uh, Malachi Coleman getting his top seven list out. Nebraska, of course, part of that, but who else? And uh, old Bevo. The Eyes of Texas got a, a, a number one vote. <laughs> In the latest coaches poll, the premier coaches poll. More with Jay Moore on the way with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Jay Moore's with us, uh, black shirt Husker NFLer, Hale Varsity Radio, talking some fall ball. Jay, have you made your mind up? Do you have your gut uh, how the season's going to go? You know, I get I get asked by three or four people every day. I was just talking with one of my uh, guys at work here, and we were discussing. I, I, it changes every day for me. You know, I'm still I I'm I'm I would say I'm still leaning a little more pessimistic. I'm still in wait a little more wait and see. Just because I don't, we don't know. I, we don't, we don't know what's going to look like with Mark Whipple's offense. We don't know what's going to look like with a new quarterback. We don't know what's going to look like with, a, you know, the offensive line. We don't know who, you know, how, how are some of these guys, you know, being switched around or guys coming off the injuries, you know. So I just the offense to me is is there's still a lot of, you know, things are up in the air now. Defensively, you lose you lose a, a lot of key guys up front, you know, in the D line, and I know. Uh, that's where that's where the defense happens, and I know you bring in some guys uh, through the transfer portal. Mathis, Win, um, 
a kid out of Texas Tech, and and uh, you know you have some younger guys stepping up, but I I just don't. You know, to me, it's it's. I, I was telling a, the guy here at work that I think seven and five should be should be about as worse hmm. as as it, it should get. But I mean, that's <laughs> we're talking about a team who hasn't sniffed seven wins in in the last four years. So you know, I don't. I'm not drinking the Kool Aid at all. But you just look at the the schedule and like, man, you know that 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 should be pretty attainable. But again, we're still talking about a team who is only one. You know, has has gotten. Has they even sniffed a winning record in four years? So that's it's tough. It's tough to uh, it's tough to 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 see that. But again, you look at the, the schedule and you think, man, how can they not get there? But then you're like, oh, how can they get there too? You know, looking at what they've done the last four years. So it's it's tough. I think I think seven and five is is, is very very attainable. But again, if things go south, you know, in, in game one, you know, I, I I think you're looking at a situation that's similar to last year unfortunately this team needs to get momentum going they got to win early you know this this team hasn't felt a lot of wins this team needs to get i don't even want to call it buy-in but just get get the momentum going you know they're working hard i I don't doubt that but you got to see results uh from from all the time and effort you know put that that's put in the last you know handful of years so hopefully they get off to a good start against against northwestern i think boom that's you know momentum will come but if they get off to a slow start again you know, i.e. last year, I think it's going to be, you know, tough sledding again and a lot of uphill climbing. But that's why you got to play the game, and we'll see you here in a couple of weeks. Jay, how important do you think that first, you know, close game that Nebraska plays in this year will be? The, the first game where it's one score and it could go either way? Because I, I see if they win it, it, it could uh, start building that momentum, as you said. But a loss in another close game, I, I think it could give the team that, oh, here we go again feeling. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. You know, I've been – you know, in those situations as a player. And, you know, I look at my, you know, my sophomore season and my first year with, with Callahan, and, you know, we went uh, either five and six or five and seven. And, and uh, we had some games where we, <laughs> you, you, you felt it slipping away from you and then you just, you, you weren't able to come back from it. And then we go fast forward to my junior year in 2005 and you felt like there were some of those situations were coming like, oh gosh, here we go again. But we were, able to, we were able to battle through and fight through and and uh, you know and get a win or, or keeping it close. You, and you need that. You have to ha- you have to have that. You know, as, as you know, the, the mentality of the team and the psyche with with young kids and just what they went through. You know, last three or four years and even last year with all the close games. You you need you need to definitely get some close games. You know, and and one and under your belt just to get you over that hump. You know and and kind of get those bad thoughts out of your mind because they're going to be there. You know, when they get in some sticky situations, they're going to be there, those, oh, here we go again. But until they do it, you know, it's they're always going to be there. But hopefully, you know, hopefully not early on. Maybe hopefully the first three wins are, or the first three games are comfortable wins that maybe they beat Oklahoma, you know, on a fourth, you know, two-minute drive in the fourth quarter to where they hit a game-winning field goal or, you know, against – Minnesota, you know, or Wisconsin, whoever it may be, you know, something like that. Hopefully they can they can get one because they deserve it. They definitely deserve it. They've they've been through some tough they've gotten some tough breaks and you know, and and haven't and haven't been able to capitalize on the on the breaks of they've gotten the good breaks, even in those close games. But I think it's very important early on to uh 
you know, and I hopefully <laughs> let me preface. I hopefully those those close wins aren't against like Georgia Southern and and uh, one of the Dakotas. You know, that would that would not be a good deal. Jay, we'll let you get out on this. And you mentioned close games and flipping that mindset, making its way around tri- Twitter this morning was the comeback victory against Michigan in the Alamo Bowl. The clip mm-hmm. I saw was was Zach's two minute drill. And uh, he found Terrence Nunn for the win. You guys were down double digits and, and came back. Defense had a great second half. Was that a game you, you felt like you could come back in? Or <laughs> are you still shocked to this day the comeback happened? No, I'm not. That, that game was just kind of – those bowl games are weird because, you know, we you know we didn't play in the Big 12 championship that year. So we had, you know, we had a lot of time off. So it's kind of you know, obviously a one-game scenario. And just, I remember that game. We just went and played. You know, I I played almost the whole game. I know Wally Muhammad was uh, was not eligible to play in that bowl game, so I think out of like the ninety some snaps, I think I played about eighty eight of them. And so now, and now, Hail Varsity Radio. I think I've never played in, in one game. One final but time, it's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. You know, I think. Charlie McBride coming up on Monday with Charlie. Every Monday we spend time, we sit down with Coach Charlie McBride around 5.05. Reminder to get buckled up. Using your seatbelt saves lives and prevents injuries only if properly worn. Be sure to buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. A guy getting some run and deservedly so. This camp is Colton Feast. C2 ball player out of Utah. Utan, forgive me. And Utan is uh, a spot where Colton thrived, and he has transitioned, and he's a guy that has put the work in. He's he's a typical walk-on story with Nebraska, an in-state kid that is not going to take no for an answer, an in-state kid that's going to keep battling. Because he wants to play at his home state school at the highest level. And it doesn't matter that he's outweighed. He'll outwork. He'll get bigger. He'll get stronger. Jay Bird, enjoy your week. All of that has paid off soon. And and get ready to talk about who's in the mix next to Ty Robinson. Who's in the mix to give. Nebraska. Good to some spend time with Jay Moore, Black Shirt Husker, and NFL co-host, Big Red Rapper, come uh, across he, the river. Uh, pretty much laid it out there. Snagged just a handful play. of kids and not from small about town, Class B or, or, or lower C one, C two. Be confident, Elijah. I think get you are on top of do work. The, they do the, a the nice job. PTSD on that Iowa interior. Theory. Well, Nebraska happened again. Lose a guy like Colton. Listen, you're not gonna. Uh, they've You're kept going to win every close game in the Big Ten. He's around 275. Does that pucker factor keeps go away with the new technique. additions you've brought in this and season? It's, it's kind of nice well, to have that it goes away, but I think it can help you. Yeah, on yeah, the yeah, interior, interior, we talk a lot about Oshon. We talk about Garrett Nelson. We hit on Kalen Sanders. Iowa's 8-5 and and the like on the outside. And uh, that's that's a big difference. On the interior, to have bodies is is a necessary evil. Wind down hour one next on Hill Robinson, with Hutmacher, with Wynn. But a guy like Feast, who's been soaking in uh, all like of hear? this interview fans for X number of years. And I'm it was good to, to hear from him editor. a little bit earlier today. To listeners of the and it's a great story, but it's going to be $10 off more than just a fairy tale.
I mean, it's a guy that's going to contribute. He's going to get everything we do, do well. Ten issues of our and, monthly and magazine. Produce, and he'll produce. He's also a shining all example. The content we produce. Other kids around the state, but other guys on Just that go to team. Just That it's, uh, it's all about payoff and, enter the promo code and sacrifice GBR for ten dollars. And that's what uh, Colton Feast has been able to do. I especially look at the guys in that room. You know, we're those four-star type guys. The guys that were recruiting from Nebraska at a high level. And you watch this guy. Hail Varsity Radio. I didn't hear about this guy in the recruiting cycle. One final time, it's Hail Varsity Radio. Presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Christian and Elijah Herbal. Charlie McBride coming up on Monday with Charlie every Monday. Spend time. We sit down with Coach Charlie McBride around 5.05. Reminder to get buckled up. Good stuff from HailVarsity.com. Saves lives and prevents injuries only if properly worn. Be we'll sure step to away up and get you ready from the Nebraska Department. Department. Charlie McBride will join us. Excited for that. We'll also have to remember so. the, the late this great Jack Pierce, Pierce, Coach Pierce, passing away. C2 ball player out of Utah. Jack, forgive me. Friend and of the show, we loved him, is, and uh, so sad to see him thrive. Uh, go. And so we're he thinking about him and his family. Hour two, he's a guy that has put the work in. He's a typical walk-on story. With Nebraska, an in-state kid that is not going to take no for an answer, an in-state kid that's going to keep battling because he wants to play at his home state school at the highest level. And it doesn't matter that he's outweighed. He'll outwork. He'll get bigger. He'll get stronger. And all of that has paid off when we talk about who's in the mix next to Ty Robinson, who's in the mix to give Nebraska some much-needed depth. And you've heard stories. I mean, Iowa's come uh, across the river and snagged a handful of kids from small town, Class B or, or, or lower, C1, C2, that get developed and do work. They do a nice job on that Iowa interior. Well, Nebraska didn't lose a guy like Colton Feast. Uh, they've kept him. And he's added 40 pounds. He's around 275. And he keeps working on that technique. And it's kind of nice to have these options on the interior. We talk a lot about Oshan. We talk about uh, Garrett Nelson. We we hit on Caleb Tanner, uh, Butler, and, and the like on the outside, right? Well, on the interior, to have bodies is, is a necessary evil, clearly, with Robinson, with Hutmacher, with Wynn, but a guy like Feast who's been soaking in uh, all of this Chenander defense for X number of years. And it was good to, to hear from him a little bit earlier today. And it's a great story, but it's going to be more than just a fairy tale. I mean, it's a guy that's going to contribute. He's going to do well. And, and he'll produce. And, and he's also a shining example to other kids around the state, but other guys on that team, that it's, uh, it's all about payoff and sacrifice. And that's what uh, Colton Feast has been able to do. Well, so. And I especially look at the guys in that room who, you know, were those four-star type guys, the guys that were recruited to come to Nebraska at a high level. And you watch this guy that, oh, man, I didn't hear about this guy in the recruiting cycle. Whenever I showed up on campus, I didn't know this guy was going to be playing. And you see the work he puts in and what he had to do to get on the field. And you, you can take a, a lesson out of that and say, mm-hmm. if this is what it took for him to get on the field. That's what it's going to take for me to get on the field. No, it's a standard setter is mm-hmm. what it is with Colton Feast. So 
Good stuff from HaleVarsity.com on him and uh, his role uh, moving forward. We'll step away and get you ready for Hour 2. Charlie McBride will join us. Excited for that. We'll also have Coach remember the, the late, great Jack Pierce. Coach Pierce passing away earlier this morning. Uh, Jack Adir, friend of the show. We loved him and uh, are so sad to see him uh, go. So we're thinking about him and his family. Hour two, coming up. Coach McBride next. The Tale of Our City presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office. Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone. You're not customer-facing. It's casual dress. And the work environment, it's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at jobs at fsc.com. This segment is presented by Union Bank and Trust. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to an hour two at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We are going to run down Coach Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie, Mr. Blackshirt. We do this every Monday with Coach, so we'll check in with him in a little bit. Uh, wrapped up hour two, discussing the impact of uh, walk on Colton Feast, defensive tackle. Think of some other in state kids that uh, really shined and they played. Uh, early in their career, uh, Terry Keneally, Pat Engelbert, John Perella, just to name a, a few, and uh, Colton Feast taken, you know, uh, a, a similar path to the walk-on and then thriving and then busting through to get a starting spot. That's still up in the air, but there's uh, snaps to be had next to Ty Robinson. Uh, what's the reality of that for, for Feast? Is he going to be able to, to log some snaps, win a starting spot? Uh, bottom line is the depth and the rotation that you need on the interior with Feast and a guy like Wynn, a guy like Nash Huttmacher, and Ty Robinson. You need a lot of bodies. We'll talk a little bit uh, with uh, Coach about that. you got to love the flexibility that exists on the defensive side of the ball with O'Shawn Mathis, with Garrett Nelson, and O'Shawn, I should say, uh, and uh, Caleb Tanner. So numbers to get in this hour can join us at 466-3776, 466-3776. 800-825-5865. 
888-528-5865. Give us a follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt, that's me. At Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And give the Hale Varsity Radio handle a follow at H Varsity Radio. And as always, can find uh, Hale Varsity at Hale Varsity. Email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So we'll hear from uh, O'Shawn Mathis here a little bit here this hour. Top 25 is out, and it's quite interesting when you look at uh, at who's ranked in the Big Ten, who's just outside the top 25 in the Big Ten, and then uh, Bevo, of, of all people, getting a, a ranking as uh, they come in at number 18. But the difference is, is Texas received a first-place vote. Don't know if that's a joke. Don't know if it's Sark pumping up his guys. If it's an SID that got a wild hair, unclear. But they are ranked uh, to run down the uh, preseason top 25. Of course, it's Bama, then Ohio State. Uh, Michigan comes in, I believe, at 6. And uh, Wisconsin checks in at 20. That's uh, about it. Just three Big Ten teams. Ohio State, Michigan, and Wisconsin, check that. Michigan State comes in at number 14, so four Big Ten teams. You'll have Iowa just on the outside of the top 25 along with Penn State. And I know Minnesota received some votes, I think six, but Nebraska not sniffing a, a top 25 vote. Uh, neither is Northwestern. That's about fair. Win some ball games, do your job, cover the number, and uh, get to Oklahoma. But first things first is doing your job in a dicey game out in Ireland. Well, yeah, I mean, last time Nebraska was ranked, I think off the top of my head, was for that trip out to Boulder. So mm-hmm. uh, with that in mind, I don't think Nebraska has showed me anything since then to prove that they should be put into a top 25 in a preseason poll. So go out and earn it. That's Elijah's edict right now is going out and earning it. Uh, when it comes to preseason rankings, those can be way off or those can be just right with uh, the numbers. So we'll uh, spend a little bit of time on that. Uh, Malachi Coleman, what's his take uh, on where he's going? But first, let's check in with Coach McBride. Charlie McBride joins us on a Monday with Hale Varsity. Coach, how are we doing? Oh, I'm doing okay, I guess. My I tried to. I, I I thought you were calling, weren't calling, but I had my ringer turned off. That's par for the course. After I heard some stuff today and yeah, kind of you know about Jack Pierce and mm-hmm. well, kind of a, it's kind of hard. It it is, Coach, and you know Jack was somebody that I got to meet through my dad, and I always loved Jack and think about him a lot and would stay in touch with him and. Do you do you remember the first time you met Jack? Oh, I, I it was right when he um, came up from Alabama. You know, he was uh, I think he was coaching over at Lincoln High. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's when I first met him, and then he came over with us. Well, and and he was on staff with you guys, and and was one of your defensive coaches. Yeah, I mean, as we as we think about Jack's life, I mean, he always makes me smile when I think of him. Well, Jack was a great recruiter. I mean, he was special. 
you know, and uh, just I I don't know all the details, but because I try to stay out of most of that stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you know. But um, he, you know, he went on and he worked his tail off for the smaller colleges in the state. Um, and, and then of course he worked for the, you know, he, he worked for the development office mm-hmm. at the end and, and, but he's, a, he's just, he's, he's special, you know, and he always, I'll tell you, if there's a, a guy that's more loyal to Nebraska than that guy, I don't know who it is. Charlie McBride's with us at Hale Varsity. We're remembering Jack Pierce, Jack passing this morning. And Jack had such a an eye for talent, coach. But he also, Jack had the gift to gab, didn't he? Oh yeah, he he he'd do that. I mean, he he gets the worst thing is if you knew he had a cigar in his mouth, you're in for a long long speech. <laughs> 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 you know, I tell him we went down to we went down to uh, Lagrange, Georgia, to talk to a kid. He took me down there to see a kid, and we got down there. And uh, assistant principal, he he got us to the side, and he said, "You know, they're you, you're only allowed to see these kids three times this year. You know, that's the rule in the you know in person." And we said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, there's a coach from Auburn that's here." He's been here 25 days in a row, and he's sitting in the gym with the head coach. And so, um, you know, I mentioned that to him, and uh, he didn't seem to be moved by it. Well, <laughs> after I, after after I met, after I um, got done talking to the the player, I, I went out and introduced myself to him and the coach and stuff like that, and. I said, you know, you're only allowed to see these kids uh, three times during the year. You know what the guy said to me? He said, we can't count down here. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, Jack and I just left, but we got the, we got pulled over for speeding because we were late going there. And, and, the, and the, the, the policeman asked us what we did, and we told him we were football coaches going to LaGrange to talk to this kid. He said, "Okay, boys, slow her down, let her go." So he just let us go, you know. And uh, but that's how people like football down there, eh? <laughs> you know, I, I think that they understand what we're going through a lot of times, chasing these kids around. Now it's even worse because you got, you know, the telephones and all. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's 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 really tough on everybody. Let me ask, Coach, who was driving? You or Jack? Uh, Jack was driving. <laughs> I didn't know my way around Georgia, so Jack gets blamed for that. <laughs> but he was—he he just, you know, he—he he really, he was uh, all over the place. The guy was amazing, and uh, um, you know, to to have him to have him not on the staff, it, it really was—it really was sad at one time. But I know he picked himself up and really came on and, and did so much for the university it's unbelievable well just with with working for for coach osborne and working with you and in his recruiting that was super impressive but when it comes to fundraising i mean jack jack got the dough coach and you know this for the for the sky boxes that's right that's right i mean 
you know, he, he was just a, a guy that people liked. You could not like him, you know. And, and uh, you know, there we had a couple of guys here. Chris Peterson was the same way. Yeah. Uh, when he was here, and there we had, we were a lot fortunate to have some really good people that were in the development office. Well, the uh, the story that Jack told me, and I told this to start the show, was Jack was recruiting Neil Smith down in down in New Orleans, <laughs> and and Jack, I think, I don't know if this happened or not, Coach, but Jack would send Neil's mom flowers every week. But the flowers were signed by Coach Osborne. I think Jack signed the card. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, I, that's, that's, that's probably really true. I mean, it's not, you know, it, it, I, I didn't know that exactly, but I believe it. Well, when when they got down there to to talk to Neil about Nebraska, there's a, about a line of fifty people ready to either shake Coach's hand or hug him. That's right. He probably didn't know what was going on. He didn't. <laughs> I think Jack hit. I think Jack hit. <laughs> so. Well, I don't know. It's it's you know he's always been there for you when you ever ask him to do something or you ask him. Do a favor or something like that, he'll do it. I mean, he was one of those guys that just, um, you know, he was he was a workaholic. Mm-hmm. Charlie McBride's with us on Monday with Charlie. We're remembering uh, the great Jack Pierce. Uh, Jack uh, passing this morning. We love him and uh, going to miss him. Coach, uh, uh, a thought about just as we tie it back with you and Jack and, and what you wanted to do with recruiting uh, at that time specifically you guys did just great work all around the country but specifically in the south you got a lot of really good guys that could get after the quarterback kind of what nebraska's trying to do uh this year with with some of their options on the edge well i think that's what happened and and the one thing with neil smith was a good example he he had me down there to look at um the defensive end that was on that team Mm -hmm. And Neil Smith at the time was playing tackle next to the guy. The defensive end that I was looking at got hurt. And Neil, they moved him out to defensive end, and he was, like, all over the place. And I said to Jack, who who in the world is this? And Jack said, you like that guy? (laughs) He was all excited. He says, you're I said, you know, he's not very, he doesn't weigh very much. And I think when he came, he weighed 218 pounds. Jeez. I think it was when we weighed him in. And, uh, you know, but uh, playing on the edge, I'll tell you what, he, he was, he was, he was really something. I mean, he had long arms, he had over seven foot arm span. Man. And, and he, he would just put his hand on, on your shoulder pads right by your armpit there and straighten it out and run right by you. You couldn't get your hands on him, you know, because his arms were so long. <laughs> and, so, and then he had a tough time. He went to the Chiefs, and he had torn a, he had torn a tendon in his, um, in his leg mm-hmm. the first year, and everybody thought he was a bust and, you know, that whole thing, and he went through that. And, you know, and, but, but we, Jack was always there for those guys, too, when mm-hmm. they came back. And, um, you know, it was uh, – it was nice to see all that stuff because that's 
that's what you talk about family, you know, and, and if there was anybody part of the Nebraska family, he was. Charlie McBride's with us on Monday with Charlie. Coach, we, we feel for you today, and, and we'll be in touch with you. But thanks okay. for, for remembering Jack with us today, okay? Well, we love him, and he's, you know, he'll never be forgotten by all of us, that's for sure. Absolutely. Coach, you take care. We're thinking of you, okay? okay. Yeah, we bet. Thank you. All right. It's Coach Charlie McBride with us on a Monday, Hale Varsity Radio. Tribute to Jack. We love Jack Pierce, and... Uh, Sad to, to hear about his news passing today, but that was that was uh, Charlie. Charlie and Jack were so good together, and <laughs> there's they had some some good times together. And clearly, you hear in Coach's voice, he's he's sad and he should be, and lost a, fr- a dear friend. But uh, I could also hear the smile in Coach's voice when we think about some of the when he remembered some of the good times with, with coach Jack. And, uh, that was, that was some therapy there for, for a lot of Nebraska fans, uh, to, to hear about some of the good times and just, uh, Jack and, and what he did for, for Nebraska football. So we'll, uh, jump forward shortly and, uh, talk a little bit here, uh, keeping with the recruiting theme. You have Malachi Coleman releasing his top seven. Elijah and I will spend some time and sift through that. What's it mean as you have that October date? Good story in the World Herald over the weekend by Evan Bland as he caught up with Malachi Coleman. We'll get there. We'll talk top 25 preseason and more to get to with Coach Chenander and uh, more thoughts from O'Shawn Mathis. That's on the way. Here on a Monday with Hale Varsity. You can email the show Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence. Uh, thoughts uh, on Malachi Coleman, his top seven next. There's nothing better than enjoying some sun with a drink and hot dog in hand, taking in America's pastime. Whether you're here for the baseball or the entertainment that comes with it, Werner Park is the place to be. The Omaha Storm Chasers have a handful of home games remaining, so get your tickets before it's too late. Give yourself something to look forward to as the summer winds down. Don't miss this opportunity to make lifelong memories with family and friends. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good to have you back in on a Monday. It's Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Big thanks to Charlie McBride. Joined us a little bit ago. Remembered his dear friend, Jack Pierce. And uh, we will spend a little bit of time on recruiting. And you look at where things are going for Malachi Coleman. And it wasn't that long ago we talked to Coach Gingery of Lincoln East. And we love Ging. He's, uh, he's such a really good football program. And where, where will this top 100 prospect end up? And you have a lot of the recruiting analysts that, that are – bullish on Nebraska being able to land Malachi Coleman. He's nearing his decision. And a good story from Evan Bland of the World Herald. Good stuff from Aaron Sorensen, obviously from Hale Varsity on the recruiting side of things. 
and you know, here's here's Malachi's life, and and I I don't know him. I've covered him. I've I've seen and done East games, football and basketball, and and just the camp circuit. You keep an ear to with his his measurables at six five and and over two bills, and the fact that the guy's just incredible as a track athlete, the the one hundred and two hundred, and you know what what's the reality here and the reality is nebraska is is on the clock now they're they're deep in the running that you could even say nebraska is the favorite because he's the it's the home state school but it's not because of nebraska's recent history or recent winning percentage nebraska and mickey josephs have done a phenomenal job in recruiting him nebraska went all out in june to make sure they knew that Malachi's as high as you can get on the board for 2023, and they're not taking him for granted. They're treating him as the priority in the class of 2023. So Nebraska's approach, phenomenal. Uh, Malachi's not gone super in-depth with all the ins and outs of the official visit, but Nebraska went early and tried to wow, and with him being uh, an in-state kid, there can always be, I would, I would think, an unofficial, I don't know. You tell me this, Elijah. You're you're a lot closer to the recruiting, not only age, but you've had friends that have been recruited. Say a kid's already taken his officials. Can you still go back and do an unofficial after you do your official? Yeah. Okay. You, I, you can I, take as many unofficials, unofficials as you want, as you want. whenever you want. So, so, my, so say Malachi's got a free Saturday and he goes, huh, I kind of want to go check out this Husker game today. He can... Just call up whatever coach his contact is and say, hey, I'd like to come to the game. And they'll right. say, we'll get you a press, a press, or a pass printed off, and you can go get there on your own dollar. But from across town, it's not difficult at all. Right. So the year-long recruiting process going to wind down for Coleman. And that, that announcement date moved up to August. Make that October. Sorry to freak anyone there. October 15th. And the move up is just to get it over with because it's gone from fun and exciting to, well, pretty burdensome. And you know, he was telling uh, he was telling Evan Bland that, look, I might be needing to get a second phone for just the recruiting line because it's been that hot and heavy. And you had Malachi on Twitter Saturday release his top seven. Michigan's been all over him. Michigan's been early. Georgia has been in on him. Oklahoma. Uh, we got a picture from a listener. This was back in June where Switzer and Malachi are having dinner down in Norman. I mean, that's a, that, that almost ain't fair. <laughs> hey, uh, let's send Barry in to close this deal. Barry's never lost a recruit in his life, quite honestly. Nebraska's there, Southern Cal, Oregon, and that's, you look at Oregon's track history because Malachi wants to run track in high school with what Oregon is right now as a brand. And in the football world, they're fine now. Where's Oregon at in two years when it comes to being able to win and compete and win a championship? They should end up okay. And then you have Mississippi. You have Ole Miss. So you've got vicinity, and uh, that is really it for Nebraska. He'll take his official September 17th. That's the Oklahoma weekend. He'll take that to uh, to USC. October 1st will be Mississippi. And when it comes to criteria, uh, Malachi wants someone that is good in academics, 
personal development and, you know, a good relationship with the coaching staff. He wants to do some track dabbling as well. But winning is, is what's most important to him. Ole Miss and Lane, they're winning ball games. They're going to New Year's Day bowl games. USC in a rut, but high flying offense. Lincoln Riley coming to town. SC supposed to be good. Uh, Oregon's been top ten, top fifteen the last several years. Georgia coming off a national championship, and Michigan went to the college football playoff last year. And then there's Nebraska. So Nebraska can do a lot of legwork, not just with where they're located and how. Malachi's family could get to see him play. They, they can watch him wherever he goes, but it's real convenient to watch him if he stays in Lincoln. And I think Nebraska, you should feel pretty good, but you got to do your part now on the field. So there's no question mark or issue with staff beyond this year. Take care of what you can, can take care of as a Nebraska team on the field to make sure you land him. We've got Paul on the line. He says he's got a correction for you, Schmitty. That's uh, shocking. Paul, go ahead. Schmitty, Schmitty, Schmitty. Switzer, yeah, he had one great player. All signed, sealed, and delivered, ready to go. And then on signing day, oh, Turner Gill. Turner Gill. Turner Gill. Turner Gill. Yeah. Yeah, we can play the audio of Barry from, uh, he still is pissed about that because he'll mention it once in interview with us. Yeah, and we gotta got to give the man his props. I mean, he was a man of visionary. I mean, paying players, he was a man ahead of his time. Well, he still got championships. I mean, I, I, I don't know that, that Switzer handed the money directly. I've never accused nah, him of that. Never I've never will I, I ask him that. But, I wouldn't. I'm just pulling his leg. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to get dirty, I mean, look at Oklahoma State and A&M oh, yeah. and all those guys that got TV bans. You know, Oklahoma did too. But, um, oh, you bounced back. So, I'm no, sure. yeah, Turner Gill was, yeah, that was that was really absent minded of me. Big time uh, program changing for Nebraska. Hey, have a good one, guys. Yep, there he is. Paul Schmidt, you got this wrong. Yeah, I kind of flubbed that, Turner Gill. But he t- typically didn't lose out, you know? Before my time. Wait, well, before mine. Or <laughs> I, was, I was a year old, forgive me. But back to Malachi, and I mean, how do you feel about this? I mean, is it as simple as keeping the full court press on if you're Nebraska and and just you know winning six, seven, eight games so that everyone's back next year to get him? Maybe not the the full court press, but read in between the lines, and maybe you pull out like a half court trap because I'm listening to it. And he's talking about I might have to get another phone because. Uh, my my line is just blowing up all the time with all these people calling me, trying to recruit me. If I'm Nebraska reading between the lines, that's a kid who doesn't like that. That's a kid who's saying... Well, you liked it at first. Everyone's wowed by it, but then it's now tiresome and it's grinding on you. So you, you've already rolled out the red carpet. You've already rolled out your full court press. Now maybe you, you sink back into it. The game has started already, so you, you went for the, uh, the shock factor early in the first half where you're going for that full court press, but then after halftime... It's, uh, it's about pulling back and, and keeping your energy for the long haul, going into the half-court trap, if we're going to use a basketball analogy, because it's, it's the aspect of while you do want to recruit this kid, you don't want to turn this kid off because of you're, you're over-recruiting him yet. You have to find out what works for every single kid, and he seems like the kind of guy that wants to, you know, 
play football and, and go train first and foremost rather than be a recruit first and foremost. So you, you have to understand, you have to, to figure out what perspective you need to, to, to take with each kid in terms of their recruitment in order to, to best find success with them. And whenever I listen to what Malachi says, it sounds like a guy who, while he enjoys the recruitment process, he's more focused on becoming the best version of himself at the next level rather than enjoying this process while it lasts. So adjust to that and find the right recruitment strategy for him. So who's looking at Malachi Ware? Nebraska, Georgia, want him at wideout. Ole Miss, Oklahoma, want him as a hybrid tight end. Michigan and SC want him as an outside backer. Oregon says, you make the call. Play where you want to play. And, and right now, what you have with Nebraska is a position coach that has an incredible track record of developing five stars, three stars at LSU. And you've got some guys on campus now that are, are formerly of LSU. It'll be really cool to see what Trey Palmer can get done this year as a transfer under Mickey, but also that wide receiver room. Well, right? I, I mean, that's that's a showcase. That's an advertisement, not just who'd you bring with you from, from Louisiana, but what are you going to do with uh, a guy in, I don't know, Alante Brown? What are you going to do with a guy uh, in, in Omar Manning? What are you going to do with a guy in, in Martin? Some of the kids you inherited that are really good players and, and went to, to play ball elsewhere. What are you going to do with that? And, and Mickey's been better than good at working with kids he's either recruited or had in a room and getting the most out of them. So, you know, Mickey's Mickey's as strong as it gets. Well, and it's 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 important to note that in that, that, in that room. Yeah, sorry, that, that Mickey Joseph connection is, is, I think, one of the reasons why that that uh, Malachi does slot so well into a, being a wide receiver at Nebraska as opposed to a, a guy on the defensive side of the ball. Nebraska's pretty well set up on the defensive side of the ball in terms of some of those edge rushers that they got. Um, but you look offensively, Mickey Joseph was able to turn Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Arguably, those are two of the top ten receivers in the NFL mm-hmm. right now. You could even argue two of the top ten receivers, or two of the top five receivers in the NFL right now. And you look at a guy like Malachi Coleman, physically, his traits, he outclasses both Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson where they were coming from out of high school. He outclasses both of them. When we're talking the likes of physical traits of Des Bryant, A.J. Green, um, I mean, D.K. Metcalf's lofty with what D.K. looked like coming out for the mm-hmm. draft, but you're looking at those type of guys in terms of physically unique talents that, that even guys like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson can't match, and that's why Mickey loves Malachi as a wide receiver so much because, I mean, train him up right, get him developed right, first-round potential. Well, Let's be flat out frank. The only reason Nebraska's in this is because of Mickey Joseph. Mm-hmm. The only reason Nebraska will stay in this is because of Mickey Joseph. And Nebraska can do some leg work on their own with winning. And, and answering that question, are you going to be a place that, that wins? Because you haven't been. Does it flip uh, for uh, your, your top guy on board that's also in state we'll dive in to uh, some O'Shawn Mathis thoughts Hail Varsity continues presented by the Nebraska Lottery
Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for 10 dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code gbr and now and now back to hail varsity radio back with you it's hail varsity presented by the nebraska lottery chris schmidt elijah herbal as uh, we work through a monday some O'Shawn Mathis news and notes as he met the media today. We'll get there in a moment. Phone numbers to get in. Open phones till 6. You can join us, chime in. And if you had a Jack Pierce story, we'd take that as well as we remember the great coach. Uh, Action Jack passing away this morning. 466-377-6800-825-5865. You're directed to the podcast. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Hail Varsity Radio. Also on the YouTube channel with Hale Varsity Radio. Coach McBride kicked off this uh, hour with us, and he remembered his dear friend uh, about uh, 30 minutes ago or so. You can email the show, Chris, at HaleVarsity.com. So, O'Shawn Mathis, uh, things have been going pretty well, and you'd have to imagine it's quite a transition from, you know, TCU to Nebraska and the expectations, the NIL, the recruitment, the battle that was Nebraska v. Texas. And O'Shawn started off and was asked, you know, the question a lot of Nebraska fans are wondering, how are things going? How's how's camp? How's this outlook for you as the season nears? Um, I say the workouts have led me to a point to where I got conditioned enough to be in this type of program and the Big Ten is a lot more different. Although there's a lot more running and the heat aspect of everything here is... uh, it's not too much different from Texas, and it's got me to a point where I got here and uh, I was able to get and implement myself into this uh, sort of a kind of like a family type deal, getting in it all, and everything's coming on coming on so well here so far. It's it sounds like shop class. It is not. It was a is a media session, and the uh, football building is being worked on, so there were sparks flying. <laughs> <laughs> behind O'Shawn uh, with some power saw going off on metal. So there were sparks, and it was uh, it was a backdrop that, that should have been filmed uh, more in depth. So that was O'Shawn, how things are going. Here's Coach Chenander on, on what he's seen so far from O'Shawn. I think it's cut nine. We're going to hear from Chins here. Uh, O'Shawn's done a great job. I thought O'Shawn had a really good scrimmage. Uh, you know, he's different structure defense for him uh, he was off the ball a lot last year it seemed um, so he's had to play a little bit more you know true defensive end for us um, which he's he's done a great job responding to coach Dawson um, he's picked up everything he's 
really a big time effort guy, and he showed up yesterday at the scrimmage. So it's gonna it's it's really nice to have you know guys on the edge. You know you already have Caleb and Garrett. Now you throw Oshan in the mix, and then Jamari Butler and Blaze um, Gunnerson have had tremendous camps as well. So it's gonna be really good to have a good rotation on that edge. So where is he gonna line up? Here is Oshan uh, telling telling you where they'll they'll slot him and Jay Moore touched on that a little bit earlier some of the advantages with him against uh, either t- tight ends or or left tackles I know a few times in practice um, they had me play mainly onto the boundary side of the field which will allow me to rush but also I'm trying to learn my best to learn some of the coverages as well because it's best for the film and the aspect of just going to the next level so Mathis was asked, how, how's bonding going? That, that's the big question. And it's a huge question for, for college players, right? And it, it's a big question for the NFL. When someone gets paid, when someone's making a ton of money in that locker room, is there jealousy? Is there excitement for a teammate because you're close and you're happy for someone? How's that dynamic? It's one thing to add a, a an all-conference performer, the the best pass rusher in the portal. It's another to walk into the locker room and and not disrupt anything or have petty jealousies. You, you, you hope everyone's happy for someone's success financially. You hope someone's happy that this guy can help us be bowl eligible and and win football games if you're a Nebraska fan. And that in the reality, there's there's petty jealousy in the world. But I don't know that there's a lot of that going on with this team just because they're looking at it as an opportunity for help with a really great player. And then I think guys are real honest with themselves that if I want to be the best and, and I get challenged for playing time, it's going to be up to me to get better and, and get some trust gained. But here is Mathis when it comes to bonding with Nelson and uh, also bonding with Caleb Tanner. I mean, both those guys want snaps, but they also, it sounds like, are looking at it based on their conversations last week. They, they welcome the guy because of his talent level. Yeah, yeah, I felt that Spurs, as soon as I got up here, they, they, they had open arms for me. And uh, coming into just watching film, they'll allow me to call me. We got the numbers exchanged already. Um, they call me whenever I want to work on some things in the indoor facility. Um, and it's also fun in uh, watching film. Before film sessions, we'll just make crack some jokes and stuff like that. And this made us a lot more closer. So what's about the Nebraska culture? And uh, how is that set? What's it like? How's it been through this camp? More from O'Shawn Mathis. What I tell everyone is it's a lot more discipline here. I think the, the culture here is, is more in a growing aspect because there's a lot of history here, and we know that. We all know that. We came on know that. We came in knowing that. And one thing we all wanted to do coming in here is just to bring back that culture and bring it back into its uh, prime, if anything. And, uh, and everything else is just the coaches. They know they brought in speakers to talk to us and stuff like that, talking about how they played for Nebraska and how it was then and how it should be now and just trying to bring it all back. Last thought here from O'Shawn Mathis, specifically his part in this transition. And it's one thing to, to have a guy that's the, the greatest thing since sliced bread come in, and that's not taking a shot at him. That's how 
I mean, the hype's unreal. Uh, that's how re- recruiting goes. Yeah, that's that's how it is. He's yeah. he's the next great. He's still got to go earn it in the Big Ten, and it says a lot to me about him, where he could have gone and stayed in a familiar league in the Big 12 where he had dominated the times. Could have gone to a team that got one first place vote in the coaches poll. Could have gone to Texas, <laughs> right? But no, I mean, he, he, he part of the reason he chose the Big 10 is because they are really good at, at mimicking the NFL, specifically with the lines of scrimmage you're going to play on and against. And here is Mathis about coming in humble uh, to be a, a, a good teammate. I say I come in and one thing I don't want is that I don't want to come in and make it look like I'm a big time guy trying to take control of everything and stuff like that. So I came in with a humble mindset, although I'm always been I've always been humble. You can talk to my mom on Twitter. She's always on there. Uh, But um, and she's probably going to see this. But yeah, just going in, uh, just trying not to create any eggshells to step on and uh, coming up with a soft approach, talking to the guys, getting to know them. And um, all that played a part in my uh, my integration into the process of being on the team. We will wind down a Monday. Reminder to get the podcast with Hale Varsity. You can do so. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. That's the audio side. Want to see the video? Buyer beware. There's uh about an hour and a half of me and Elijah on screen. That'll be posted on the Hale Varsity video channel. We'll wrap up a Monday. Big thanks to Charlie McBride. Big thanks to Jay Moore. Hale Varsity continues presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Tomorrow, Mitch Sherman will be with us from the Athletic. We'll uh, catch up with Rick Kaczynski at Tuesday with Kaz. This week, Tim Brando, lead play-by-play man for Fox College Football. He'll join us. Maybe a Searles sighting on Thursday. Happy birthday. Shout out to Searles. And uh, we'll wind down Friday at the Hale Varsity Club up in La Vista, 4 to 6 live in uh, La Vista, the Hale Varsity Club. So you're invited up there. And... uh, be sure to put that on your calendar. So we've uh, spent plenty of time talking recruiting. We hit on the scrimmage and post-practice today. And really, it's just about continuing to get better for this football team, working out the kinks. And, and I think we knew a lot of the kinks still exist in the offensive line. They're trying to settle and also work. And then Coach Janander described that, the, 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 the A team, so to speak, you're starting 11. You feel good about defensively, but when you mix in some backups with the starters, that's where there's a little bit of a, a gap. You did have a, a report from Mitch Sherman. Nebraska's added another player to the secondary, and that is uh, Brendan Moore. He's a sixth-year safety that's transferred in from Central Florida. So... I look at that safety room, and I look at Farmer, all right? (laughs) You look at uh, a number of guys that 
are competing there. I mean, there's tons. You got Deshaun Singleton. Singleton you got Marquise Buford. Those are the two that I honestly think I might be penciling in as the two guys who are going to be starting in that back end. Uh, in Marquise Buford, Deshaun Singleton with what Travis Fisher's been saying about those guys coming out of camp. It sounds like they've both been very impressive, uh, especially Marquise Buford. He's been picking things up fast and has made big strides since last season. So those might be my, my pencil mm-hmm. names. I'm not confident enough to put those guys into pen, except Marquise Buford. He might have I might have transitioned to pin with Marquise Buford back there, but uh, a lot of competition in that safety room for sure. You do, and you have Buford and and Kane Williams. Kane Williams as well sounds I like think he had a pick six in uh, in the scrimmage on Saturday. So you have you. Williams at safety, you've got Farmers at safety, you got Singleton at safety, you have Nopola Gates at safety, and then Gifford and 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 uh, Buda Wright. Both those guys are two of your nickels, mm-hmm. right? So you really don't have that many safeties. We, we've got about four. Now you have a fifth that's played for, for Coach Fisher before. Well, you also have Omar remember, Brown remember is Trey, a guy. Yeah, Omar Brown. Yeah, he's, yeah, a he's a guy who's been working both corner and safety. safety so. so, yeah, you just don't have that starting spot solidified. You, you, there's a lot being asked to Miles Farmer, who's shown really good flashes and limited time. He's been a guy that, that gets the football. Mm-hmm. for you if you're Nebraska's defense. And Travis Fisher a couple weeks ago said he's the guy that he's made strides, but you're, wake, you're waiting for him to take that next big step in his mm-hmm. development. And that, that's that's what where he's at again. Well, and, and a guy like Trey Neal, remember year one, who transferred in from Central Florida, he was uh, extremely vital in helping new faces get what Fisher wants yeah. from a peer-to-peer standpoint. Thanks for the time. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back at you tomorrow. Mike St. James will have a Better Call Saul recap with us tomorrow as well. Take care. Talk to you tomorrow at 4 on Hale Varsity.